music can mean only one thing. It's time for the Summer Breakdown, a very special presentation of the Underpowered Hour. This time, the Barris family is heading north and then back south with a very special rover. Linus and Liza, it is that time of year again where the uh, birds are chirping, the uh, bees are stinging, uh, the cicada beetles are slamming into your face as you're driving around your Series 1 lander (laughs) with the windshield folded down. Uh, It is summertime again, and uh, for us here at uh, Her Majesty's Underpowered Hour, that means uh, it's time uh, for another edition of the Summer Breakdown. That's Woo! right. It's the summer breakdown part two, <laughs> dark territory. Um, <laughs> so this time, uh, we, uh, Liza and I, uh, undertook an epic journey uh, on uh, with extraordinarily modern. <laughs> it's an extraordinarily modern vehicle, comparatively, <laughs> comparatively speaking, to come up and uh, and get a, a slightly less modern. Uh, vehicle, uh, comparatively speaking, and then and then bring it back down here. And uh, as you can imagine, um, adventure ensued. We did use the U-Haul in last year's summer breakdown, so that kind of is like what you. It's not like the same car, but right. You used a modern car to start your trip, and so did we. They're both orange, so I think that's. Uh, <laughs> I think there is some parallel. They're basically, the there. same car. It's like basically the same car. Yeah, I wish. I wish we had a U-Haul. Uh, as we'll get to the packing of the new Defender in a moment, uh, and uh, yeah. the epic uh, nature of that. But uh, yeah, so the, the the reason for this entire trip. Uh, so Jason Momoa called and said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> "We need you." Little in Oregon. Easter egg there for anybody who listened to last summer's yeah. summer breakdown. <laughs> if you if you haven't, you can listen to. To, uh, Jenna's companion podcast about the underpowered hour uh, that will point out all the Easter eggs in each uh, in each episode. Um, the you know, so we decided we were gonna uh, at, at some point uh, Ike and Linus found uh, what is uh, I would say one of the most remarkably unrestored and uh, incredibly preserved NADA um, Series Two A Land Rovers, nineteen sixty seven uh, Land Rover that that maybe maybe in existence it is. Is uh, a patina perfect, as uh, as uh, some uh, would call it, uh, in a barn in in Oregon. So maybe let's start there, uh, well before, if you will, the prologue. Uh, well before uh, we undertake our, our journey up to Oregon, let's talk uh, a little bit about uh, that uh, car. I happen to have uh, right here with me the original 1974 uh, registration card uh, for that nice. car and the original. <laughs> stickers which will go into the uh the Barris collection uh museum um but uh mr william shattenkirk uh purchased this car and uh a little while later a few years later you guys happened upon it so let's let's talk about that where where did you find this car and what's the story behind it? yeah yeah so the, the saga begins with a, a phone call from mr shattenkirk and uh Ted uh, calls me up and he says, I've got this Land Rover and I've had it for a while and uh, I'd like to drive it again, is is what he Mm -hmm. tells me. Mm -hmm. And so uh, come to find out, uh, he's the original owner of this 1967 pastel green NADA station wagon and uh, he bought it new uh, from the dealer in 1967. Do we know which dealer it was? Uh, Yeah, I believe it's the Gold Coast dealer here in Oregon. he uh, traded a 1960 Series 288 station wagon oh, towards cool. mm-hmm. the NADA, mm-hmm. which he had previously traded a Jeep towards. So oh. he he had definitely gotten the Land Rover bug, and uh, he really liked his 88. And, and he, when the 109 came out, it was like a special model, you know, just for the U.S. market, bigger six-cylinder engine, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, he was very excited. And... Uh, he was a Korean War veteran, and so he, when he got back from the war, he got the Jeep and then the mm-hmm. 88, and then mm-hmm. subsequently uh, purchased the uh, 109. And he drove it for a few years, and it, it burnt a valve. Yeah. 
And so he had this great idea that he was going to put a Ford 302 small block V8 into this car. So he took the original engine out and he kind of mothballed it away. And uh, then he had a custom adapter built, engineered and built for the Ford 302. He like uh, found an engineering firm because at that time there was really nothing. This is like 1969. Before Scotty adapters. Yes. Yeah, before uh, uh, before really any aftermarket yeah. stuff was available for those cars. So he hires an engineering firm in Pendleton, Oregon, hmm. Hoosier Manufacturing, to make a cast iron Land Rover to Ford adapter, right? And he has this all built, and he's, like, getting really excited about it. And then, for whatever reason, he doesn't do the conversion. Right. So what yeah. happens is that uh, he he parks it in his barn, you know, mm-hmm. and he periodically, you know, does tinkers on it or does something. Um, but by and large, it, it sits, you know, two-year-old car. It sits from like 1969 and he continues to register it until 1974 when you have the stickers and he never put them on. Yeah. Never put them on the car. Yeah. So it, it, sit, it sat in this barn and uh, just totally unscathed, in perfect Elephant hide interior, really nice car, just beautiful dash. But, uh, you know, when he called me, the engine had been out. Sometime in the 90s, he got excited about it again, and (laughs) he hired a shop in Portland to kind of go through the engine, replace the burn valve, you know, reseal it, and put it back together. And so he had this engine, and he told me that he would go out every couple months and turn the engine over with a hand crank. And it was like on a skid, right? (laughs) And so he was like, still, after all these times, he only drove it for two years. And after all that time, he's still excited about it, you know? And he told me he's 90, 95, I believe, 96. Mm -hmm. So he tells me he's just still excited about it, wants to get it back on the road. And I said, well, you know, let's, uh, let's look at it. And we went down there and opened up the barn. And man, it's just an amazing car. Totally, just perfectly straight beautiful interior. Amazingly, you know, it, uh, it survived pretty unscathed. So, uh, so he wanted to hire us to do this work and get it back on the road. And so we agreed and we started working on it and we, you know, went through the transmission and made sure everything was good. And we put a new clutch in it and we got everything sort of fixed up the controls and, you know, put new tires on it and, you know, on and on and on all the things that a car that's sitting for that long needs, you know, the Mm -hmm. fuel system and Mm -hmm. fuel pump and blah, blah, blah. So we go through and we do all that work and we're getting close. We get the engine started and I call Ted and he's like really excited. I sent him a video of it running and I'm like, we just have a few more things to do. And he's like, oh, this is great. I can't wait to come up like next week and drive it. And uh, the next day, his family called me and told me that sadly, no, no, really, sadly, he had died. No, <sighs> yeah, That's I know. A terrible waited. Oh no, I know, I know. I, know. Really I didn't sad. know this. I own this car now, and I didn't know this story. <laughs> so, oh. uh, so uh, he didn't well, get to drive. Technically, I still have to pay Ike for it. So, so Ike still still has <laughs> to technically. Uh, technically. So Ted Ted is looking down on us, and uh, I'm sure he's happy that it's running and driving. And I've sent pictures to his family, and uh, they're really excited that it's going again and that it got the love and attention that it deserves. So, so Ted's family agreed to sell us the car because you know they, you know they weren't as excited as maybe Ted was and uh, it had really come a long way. And so uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool car and um, I'm sure Ted would be really excited that it's after 50 years of sitting that Doing it's back something on the stupid road. With oh it. my yep. God. Now <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're total assholes for driving it from Oregon. To oh, don't, you know, don't feel I bad. actually feel the opposite way. I feel like if, if uh, Ted had an opportunity uh, to do that, I think he would absolutely have done that. I think he would All have right. been up for the adventure and he, he would, you know, he yeah. really drove that car in the two years yeah. that he had it. He put yeah. 42,000 yeah. miles. Wow. It. That's pretty good. He really, he really drove it. And it. it's uh, it's such a great car, and it's such a neat story. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I think that um, those type of cars need to be 
preserved. They need to not get Chevy six cylinders put in them. They need to, um, you know, they need to do all of these, you know, all of these adventures and, and, and all of that sort of stuff in the, in the best way possible. So I think that, uh, yeah, we're, but you didn't tell me he died. It was part of the story. We had to keep it. It's all content. He's a 96-year-old man, literally I mean, every second. I mean, I guess I should, yeah, I should have expected it, but still, oh, okay, anyhow. Everything is content. You um, know, uh, yeah. to be fair, you know, he it was his last project, really. He was really excited about it, and he wanted to do it, and it's, you know, it, it got done. And so I got think uh, I think we're, you know, preserving his wishes, if you will, you know? I think, he so. to get I think the we're doing a good job. I think Ted was, he was 96. He couldn't have really driven it. Yeah. He could have ridden around in it, but he wasn't yeah. in a in a state where, you know, he could push the clutch in and that sort of thing. He yeah. was just giddy about it, you know? He was yeah. just like, still liked Land Rovers. Mm. I think the, that what we have done with the car since his passing is exactly what he would have wanted us to do as far as the details and the focus and, and sort of our plan and what we did, he would have wanted. Well, I will say it has now gone to a good home because nobody is going to uh, love that car more than Steven is. I can tell you that I've never seen him more excited about a Land Rover. Like the, the 80 inch we have is amazing. And he was excited about that. And the camel trophy is incredible. He was excited about that, but there's something about this one that like Steven was like a 12-year-old kid again. He loves this thing. <laughs> that and the Freelander. Those yeah. are his favorites. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> the G4 challenge. He's definitely shaking his head at that, I think. But he would, he would probably right. kick you in the teeth for <laughs> buying that Freelander. <laughs> he's not a big, not a big <laughs> Freelander guy. Um, but uh, hey, you know, teach his own. Teach his own. I'm Hardcore equal opportunity. veteran. I think we were talking, Ike and I were talking the other day. You know, they made 811 of those trucks. And we guessed just by chance that probably half of them are gone. And of the surviving ones, I'm sure half of them don't have the original six-cylinder anymore. So there's probably 200 to 300 of those surviving yep. with their original engine. That might be generous. So, you, you know, at this point in time, yeah. you there's probably There's probably 50 that drive. There's probably 50. That, and that's probably true, right? <laughs> probably. Well, we know, yeah, like, for instance, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joe, our good friend out at Lost Cause Ranch, like, they have two of them. One has the original engine, but the engine... I mean, it's in pieces because they had to pound cylinders out the bottom side of it and certainly won't, uh, you know, that engine might run again, maybe. The other one, his brother Ted's uh, um, uh, vehicle, Nada, has a Chevy conversion in it. And I think that's actually, that's a pretty good example of those cars. Of the two that they have, one has some original pieces, uh, but they're blown to shit like it's it's unusable the other one uh has some pieces replaced and it runs but they're both they both look like they were pulled out of a bog um and you know i think that's just you know the cars are reused and people left them when they you know when they when the engine went they replaced the engine and then eventually they just left the car i mean these are 50 year old cars it's it's not out of uh out of the uh, ordinary so to find one that was you know so cared for right like obviously he really loved loved the car enough to make sure that it didn't sit out in 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 the forest and uh, and you know just go to rot that it was taken care of and it was preserved and it uh, you know and now uh, you know, I mean, you wouldn't believe it's a 50-year-old car. Uh, <laughs> enough so that you'd think, why not drive it a 1,000 miles? This is a great <laughs> idea. You know, not just a 1,000 miles, but why not drive it a 1,000 miles when we know it's going to be 115 degrees outside Oof. in a few of the areas. So, um, so you know, part of the reason that uh, that we were coming to Oregon alongside, uh, you know, just spending time with Ike and Linus and uh, Jenna and uh, and all the boys at the uh, at the and shop. Velma. Um, and, and Velma. And Velma and Peanut. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, and giving Jason a bunch of giant parts that are going to uh, be in the way uh, uh, at the shop. Yeah, he loves that. He loves, he loves that. that. He um, loves that. You know, so... He does. You you left us a whole car. It's true, I did. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's a smaller, it's a shorter car than the one that I took. So it feels like, you know, from a from a space, uh, from a Marie Kondo uh, perspective, I think we're we're, we're moving. I don't know. It's like 
it's, it's disassembled now, so it's bigger than two cars. Yeah, that's good. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what I try to do. Our plan is working perfectly. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to turn that roof into a boat. Um, but uh, you know, part of the reason was to go up there. I needed a bunch more parts. I'm putting the soft top permanently on my uh, Series Three, some of that sort of stuff. And I was like, well, why don't we? Why don't we drive up uh, to do that? Uh, it makes uh, perfect sense. Uh, we should do that. And, you know, in a side stream, uh, we uh, needed to replace one of our cars. Uh, and it was coming to the end of we'd leased a pickup truck over the pandemic because we were waiting for the lightning to get here, uh, which will finally get here at the end of August. And so in this an interim car, we're like, oh, we'll just lease a Ranger. Well, the Ranger leases up and we're like, well, we need to buy something. At uh, at the same time, uh, our good friends at uh, Jaguar Land Rover had released the, uh, the final seven um, uh, Trek, 2021 Trek, North Carolina Trek event cars out into the market. There were 70 cars made. About 50 of those cars went to the dealers and the dealers bought them. So they, you know, people at the dealership own them. A lot of dealership managers own them. Uh, you know, that's where most of those cars are. Uh, we know where a few of the other ones are. And then there was these seven marketing cars that just came out. So uh, we were able to track one of these cars down. It was, uh, it ended up in Texas. Um, and uh, it, 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 let's just say they wanted a lot of money for it, uh, it, it way more than we're ever going to pay for a, for a Land Rover, even the uh, even the even the nicest, newest of Land Rovers. And so uh, so in this climate, in this climate, uh, the only way they're always trying to <clears throat> get a premium because they yeah, don't have enough inventory have right now. So they're like the dealer markups are really pretty substantial. It, on it's, it's pretty predatory, cars. actually. Yes. Yeah. So the only way, or it, it, here's a tip top tip for you. So the best way to get, uh, uh, to pay retail, uh, for your Land Rover is to call the CEO of uh, Land Rover, uh, none other than our good friend Joe Everhart, uh, famous uh, uh, Land Rover uh, CEO and uh, uh, amateur wrestler. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he's doing much better. He's fine. Uh, my second call would have been to Wyclef John to see if he could, uh, if he could uh, maybe if negotiate. He could suplex more, Joe more, Everhart yeah. again. To no, make, I was going to send, I was going to see if Wyclef would go down to the dealer and see if he could just apply some body pressure. But, mm-hmm. uh, but Joe thankfully uh, came through for us and, uh, and uh, made the deal happen. And so, uh, uh, you know, three weeks later, a, uh, a trailer showed up uh, from our, our good friend, Brad Pyatt, which is if you're from the South, how you say Brad Pitt, um, he uh, brought the. Uh, he's a gentleman that moves cars around for Land Rover. Brought the car uh, to us, and uh, so uh, the the day before our trip to Oregon, a brand new, uh, super orange, <laughs> brand new uh, Land Rover Defender rolled out of the uh, back of the trailer, and uh, and we were uh, we were ready to uh, embark on uh, on probably the most rigorous use of a new Land Rover Defender One Hundred and Ten that yeah. any new Land Rover Defender has ever. So undertaken. it's coming off the truck, and I went up to the workshop to receive receive it. And I was in the middle of a meeting on Zoom and I was carrying my laptop around and trying to film content for Instagram of this thing coming off of the <laughs> uh, coming off of the trailer. And this guy was really lovely and chatty and wanted yeah, to talk Brad's to an me. Awesome guy. And, I, I, and you had to start packing it immediately. <laughs> immediately. Like I'd already started. I'd already organized all of the, the, the camping gear into a big pile in the workshop shop like i was ready to load it straight in and not on like uh linus's uh, model t uh the car barely fit in the trailer it was too tall so they had to put it in delivery mm. height which basically mm-hmm. like lowers it right to the bump stops and lets you drive it like five miles an hour um, and there was like millimeters mm. on either side and because of the way that it was packed in or, or whatever, uh, as it turns out, a new Land Rover Defender's bumper is double stick taped on. That is how it comes <laughs> from the factory. It is, uh, it is double stick Velcroed uh, to the front of the car. I imagine so if the winch gets fouled, you can take the plastic thing off and you can get in there and you can unfoul it. Um, but Brad's note to me said, uh, yeah, car's, unlo- uh, car's unloaded, everything's good. You might want to pick up some sticky Velcro on your way home and put the <laughs> bumper back on. <laughs> to which I thought he was joking until I got there and the bumper was hanging off and I needed to sort of re-engineer. This. Is this the Trek edition or a 
Keds edition. <laughs> exactly. We got the little, we put the little Velcro strappies on it. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so after a, a, a you know, a few minutes with the double stick uh, Velcro uh, tape redoing that, I used a much higher test uh, double stick tape than, uh, than was factory uh, equipped. You know, it's. Uh, That's troubling. They didn't put that on in the first place. You know, it's like going to polyurethane bushings. On a new Defender, you go to the 3M double stick tape instead of the generic double stick tape, you know? How did the bumper fall off? It just became, I think it was either hot in the trailer or there was maybe enough vibration. The the glue on the backside of, you know, it's that it's that like textured PVC material that new cars are made out of. Uh, I actually don't mm, use PVC. Mm. It's, it's some kind of uh, a polyurethane. But anyways, um, it, uh, it, it just doesn't stick. Things don't stick to it very well. You need to use, uh, you know, you need to use like the super high tack, you know, the, the 3M stuff with the red back that if you were to get it stuck to any hair on your body, it's 100% <laughs> taking that hair out like, like and probably the top layer of skin is that how you groom yourself it is yeah that's how i get that's how i get these perfect these perfect lines yeah the fine lines beard by 3m the reason i asked that question is to make sure that we don't imply that no, it no, was no. damaged by that fantastic no, Brad Land Rover like moving that when he picked guy. It up. <laughs> uh, in fact, the dealership said it yeah. was like that when they got it, and they tried to stick it back together, and uh, and then Brad <laughs> stuck it back together. Yeah, have I guess not. Multiple generations of people sticking it back together, uh, but I think we got her good now. We uh, have uh, we have a little higher test double stick tape here at the Barris Collection Shop. Now, do you think if you removed like? half or three quarters of the number of max tracks that are bolted to it that yeah, it would have fit better in the trailer <laughs> they did yeah there was uh you know uh nothing i like more than as linus knows max tracks the uh the most versatile uh tool ever created that i've never once in my life used but uh i have oh my gosh steven i don't think i don't think i showed this to you when you were here i can't remember but i have acquired a 1920s era max track <laughs> <laughs> I have fantastic. to show this that to you. I completely forgot. It's basically uh, like a a linkage of metal uh, that is mm-hmm. uh, two two runners, mm-hmm. and they're hinged, and then they are attached to each other with a series of one by one square oh. pieces of wood, and it ro- it rolls Ooh. up into a tube about this big and has a handle, and you can just like tiny sling it tracks. out. Oh, uh, and then drive cool. on it. Yeah. So wow. this is what uh, douches in the twenties hung off their cars. It's nice to know. It's a long-standing tradition of uh, someday, oh, yeah. some somewhere, some <laughs> flipping moron is going to find one of your Max tracks on eBay and just Look be at- so happy, <laughs> and he's going to buy it, and, and he's going to put it in his house. <laughs> Hang it on the wall. 20, 2062 Linus is going to be like, this is the greatest thing. <laughs> Linus, oh is, Linus is teasing you, but what he's not telling you is that his Land Rover looks like a porcupine. It's covered in so many Max tracks. It's got so many Max <laughs> Yeah, I don't mount mine lengthwise. I mount them sticking straight out, long way. Yeah, sticking straight out. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. It improves the aerodynamic yeah. efficiency uh, of of the car. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyways, uh, about that Max Track sponsorship, um, we'll take any color you want to give us. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's true. We had, uh, we had, uh, you know, it has all kinds of shit on it. Um, it has the high lift jack on the roof. It has the uh, uh, shovel uh, as, as, as one needs. Although I will say those Max Tracks were muddy as hell when we took them off to, uh, yeah, they had obviously been used during the, the Trek event. I'm sure they had purposely set up a use for the max tracks um i like to use the max tracks when uh, using my camp shower so my feet aren't in the mud that's when uh, that's the I, I find them the most effective effect smart and if you if you bring a set of sawhorses camping oh, with you yeah, they make a super, great table and it's really convenient to set cups on them with all their little little their little rivet uh-huh. and spines and holes and things yeah no the max track is really i mean you know it's the tarp of the 21st century it really is uh it really is an amazing uh, an amazing mm. tool that everybody should bolt to their i side like to mount things. them vertically on the back corners of my car and then like uh, scratch my back on them like a bear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. real good. Speaking of you, <laughs> we saw we saw a Subaru uh, like a like a like an Impreza, and the only piece of off road equipment it had was two Max tracks, literally like seat belted, uh, like through the back of the trunk, out over the trunk, and then back into the 
closed trunk. It was just like held down to the lid of yes. the trunk, which is really cool. I'm like, that's the guy. I like that guy. And then yesterday, Chris and I were going to uh, to look at something, and there was uh, Chris who doesn't listen to the show. There was a uh, a gentleman driving a Ford Escort uh, from I would say the the mid 90s that had a raised exhaust with a flapper on top of it. Yes, <laughs> and it had a little guying wire down to the roof so that it didn't sort of fall backwards. But I was like, that was probably holding the car together. It may very well have been. I was like, this guy, it's a structural exhaust. This guy has good ideas. I want. I want to know what other ideas this guy has because this one, I don't know how you open the trunk because there's a wire in the way. But I'm, uh, I'm, far, I'm for it. I'm for it. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And now back to the show. So you you how long was it from the time that you got the defender to when you left? Twelve hours, maybe less. It wow. was uh 18? Yeah, it 18, was a quick maybe? turnaround. It was mm-hmm. a quick turnaround. So the first thing is, and Liza can ex, you know can expand on this, but um, you know there's not a lot of room in a new 110. An old 110, you can put a ton of shit in there. The problem with a new 110 is that even though it's a little bit bigger in every dimension, um, it is 19 inches thick. So whereas <laughs> a 110 is is like a two mil piece of aluminum, uh, yeah. this is uh, you know the the width of a regulation football all the way around. So there's actually just a tube of space down the middle of it that uh, that is big enough to hold a couple human beings, um, but not as much equipment as uh, as you would like. So so this is where I come in. This is where I come in because my favorite thing to do is to pack trucks like i like i wasn't kidding last week when i talked about the the um at the dometic uh, setup in overland expo how expertly packed it was so there wasn't a spare millimeter yeah. that's how i had to pack the defender the problem was on the trip every single time we got out and took something out i would like try to reconfigure it and try to like get more efficient with the packing so Tetris i never knew where in. anything yeah. was i always was changing where everything was throughout the whole trip that's normal yeah and to get like a walkie-talkie out you'd have to reach in and then go like a right angle and then sort of angle your arm down and then you could kind of just feel the antenna and sort of like get it back out of there it was a it was a bit of a mystery box i think i think you can be forgiven for for that for you know this is the first trip in that car right so yeah. as you take more trips you'll get it dialed and everything will have a place and then you'll know where everything is yeah we had a little bit of uh, roof strapping i mean there's uh, the the land rover roof rack is uh i think a little underrated i i i walked around up there and it did not feel safe it felt like i was going right through that thing uh so liza switched over to roof duty and uh yeah and you know it's it, i think it, that's it, a better know. talent to yeah. task anyways yeah. For sure. No, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, my balance is terrible. Uh, it definitely, uh, somebody would die. Uh, if, I can, uh, I have video evidence of Steven's balance being terrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, I was just going to ask if the video of you falling off the top <laughs> is going to be in the uh, uh Well, I think it's, uh, we're going to, that's part and parcel with the uh, forklift crash footage. I think there's going to have to be some some fan-based mm. incentive to, uh, to make us release that because it's going to become part Hashtag of a Hashtag release the <laughs> yeah, footage. Yeah, release the forklift footage. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it's gonna be like the Blair Witch Project. That thing, Ike has seen it. It uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good experience. So, do you feel like uh, you brought everything that you would need on a real camping trip? Did you have enough room? We brought way too much. We brought so many things that we didn't actually end up using. So there is enough room to do a real camping trip inside of that with car. the roof. With the roof, I, with the we roof. couldn't have done it without without the roof bags for and, sure. And we uh, Cooper mm-hmm. sat behind Liza, and the two fold down seats beside her was also full of shit. So if you had two small children, you'd have to decide which one you want to take with you. You couldn't uh-huh. take them both. or leave yeah, behind. Yeah, exactly. You know which, or leave them both. 
and and just fill the whole backseat up. Then you have plenty of room. <laughs> then it's no problem at all. It's no problem at all. I mean, a certain percentage of the storage is just Cooper coloring paraphernalia. There is an amazing amount of that. So many pens. Mm. So many. I don't. But know we managed so to get away pens. with not having a single crayon melted in the truck for the whole trip. That's a feat That's that we, we found. That yet. you know yeah, about. That we found yet. Yeah. And if there was any crayons in the nada, they would just incinerate. Flip the seat so up at the uh, end of the trip and just like a rainbow yeah. of wax. All crayons. Puddle of wax. Coincidentally, I did. It's funny that you mentioned that because I did just return the Ranger, right? And uh, and I quickly did the, you know, oh, no. shit, I got to bring this thing back, put everything in a box uh, before we go. And I lifted the seat up at the workshop and just put it straight back down. I'm like, you know what? No, no, I refuse. I'm not. I'm not getting any of these crayons, pencils, bits of paper, beads, sparkles, French fries. You know. Oh my god! So there's no way. Chicken nuggets. Yeah. They, some poor valet at the uh, at the Galpin Ford uh, here in uh, Los Angeles is going to find is going to lift that up and is just going to be like, you know what? I don't need this job. I don't. I'm. I'm that's it. <laughs> he just you know what? quits. You know what? He runs I'm going. Away. You know, I'm going back to New Mexico. You know, I'm going to start that alpaca farm like I've always talked about I don't so, so you shit. get the defender you get it packed and you leave and then do you have an itinerary or uh you know what what uh, what happened then yeah we don't even know where you <laughs> the, went well, or the what plan happened was what we were going to do is uh we decided to leave late that night uh because we did want to get some i should also mention we left on steven's birthday Oh, it yeah, was, we did. Yeah, that's what? right. It was Canada Day, and it was Stephen's birthday. Are those related holidays? They are. They are. Yeah, <laughs> are they are. Related? They are. The decision to, <laughs> for my birth was based on uh, as a celebration of Canada Day. I uh, thought it was the other way around. I thought they celebrated Canada Day because it was your birthday. Could be. Could be. <laughs> I don't know. I was told until I was maybe about eight years old that the fireworks were on behalf of my birthday, because we do fireworks just like we do here on the 4th of July uh, in Canada, and it was a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when finally somebody was like, you know, those are clearly not for you. I mean, that didn't make any sense. It made sense to me because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I wish I had not. So yeah, so so we were we were we were leaving, and we wanted to get a couple hours under our belt because we were driving up to stay with some other friends of ours who live in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and they own a beautiful piece of land yeah. near Truckee. Yeah, um, okay. which is, you know, near Lake Tahoe, if, for those who don't know. And it's, it's lovely. It's, it's higher altitude, uh, really, really beautiful. The forecast was that it was going to get down to 30 degrees at night. And thankfully, I don't think it ever went below about 42. But it was going to be cold at night and hot during the day. Yeah. So, you know, we'd sort of packed all sorts of ranging gear from, you know, super hot daytime weather to freezing cold nights and hence the overpacking that we ended up doing. But we... Uh, so we first stopped in uh, Fresno. Oh, yeah. Which is uh, important because later on, Why? we'll be back in Fresno. <laughs> We'll mm-hmm. get to that later, mm-hmm. but uh, but we mm-hmm. we stopped in Fresno Hotel overnight and were greeted for the first time with a an opportunity to update the software uh, over the air of the new Defender, <laughs> right. and so we said, oh cool, okay, uh, let's uh, go ahead and it and it entices you with all these new features that you get, like oh you get wireless CarPlay and you get uh, you know like a, a ball massager, I don't know whatever, and uh, and you say okay go ahead and then uh, I'll see you in the morning, I'll update it. Uh, and that was the first day of like 97 consecutive days we were greeted with, ooh, the software didn't install overnight. Sorry, try again, you know? <laughs> and uh, every single mm. day, uh, it would uh, it would entice you to update and, and wouldn't update. But uh, I, I would just like to state that like Stephen's job for a living involves really, really complicated high-end technology and software and making things new in, you know, new, new technology work. He's been doing this his entire career. This is what he does. But could he get the bloody car to update its software? Absolutely not. No, no, when no I way. eventually, eventually at the end of the trip <clears throat> went, oh, sure, yeah, we'll update. Did it do it the first time? Absolutely. Wait, Stephen, was there a QR code for that update? Yeah, that it's similar to Ike's struggles <laughs> with QR codes. So that's, uh, it was. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad that the update wasn't a... Uh, subscription to yeah, the heated seat a, update because yeah you know that would have been horrible oh. it'd be like bmw mm-hmm. like you know if you update you sometime in the future you may lose 
features it's a totally of your different car thing. And them. not by attrition like you do with a classic <laughs> Land Rover, where features just go away because the thing breaks. No. Uh, but uh, yeah, they take them from you. No. No. They will be disabled. They take them. Yeah. It'll be like a video game where there's like in driving experience purchases, you know? You know, and and before mm. long, you have to unlock the heated seats. Yeah, before long, it'll be like uh, <laughs> press here fifteen dollar fee for brakes right now. It'll like know that you're going down a hill. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, Stephen, being a series owner doesn't as well, need doesn't, need no. doesn't need brakes. He doesn't need brakes. No, no, I'm good. I'm good to just steer into the closest lake. That's fine. We're uh, we're good. But uh, no, it's interesting because uh, you know it it, it is a uh, we are kind of going the other way in that there are all kinds of features that are built into that car, and uh, you know I'll have to send a, a letter of, uh, of uh, apology to the fine folks at uh, Land Rover, but uh, I am adding those features to the car, even though I didn't pay for them because it is just software, and uh, you know you can only keep it from you know the right person for so long so you just voided the warranty and uh, totally <laughs> voided totally voided i mean it has limb lifters on it i can't imagine that that doesn't void the warranty but oh well you know it's good factory just in case. fitted right factory fitted limb lifters you know the only car to ever come with factory fitted limb lifters which apparently are illegal in california but whatever we'll we'll cross that bridge they're illegal wow that's they what legislate they legislate everything there, don't they? Yeah. It's because of all the yeah. all the, the, the llamas and yeah. alpacas and that you just, drive yeah, by. Yeah, exactly. Just, just cleaves them. So you got to Truckee yes. the second yeah. night. You got to Truckee the second night. And how was that piece of property? It was really nice. How big is it? How many acres? Ten acres. It's a good Ten size. acres on the side of a mountain looking out at like forestry service land. Um, and lots mm-hmm. of their neighbors are building cabins. They'll get there eventually, but they're, uh, they have this tiny little shack on the property and they have a really nice camper set up with their Toyota Tacoma and they take the six month old with them and go out to the property on the weekends sometimes. And yeah, it was really, really lovely. And so they, you know, they're, they're kind of game for whatever we want to do, hanging out for the weekend. We don't see these people as often as we'd like to. And so we decide the next day that all Cooper wants to do is go to a lake. She really wants to put on a bathing suit and go swimming. And <laughs> we want to take the truck out on a trail run. And so our friend Chris uh, leads. They throw the baby in the back at nap time. And we go find a great trail up to a um, fire lookout. Um, I don't know. It was not that long. It was, I think we were out there for three hours total up and back. It wasn't really a long one. No, it was nothing. Uh, It's surprising how little, uh, time it feels like when you are in uh, like essentially a living room on four wheels. Yeah. It is, uh, very comfortable incredibly comfortable and i kept because we had another car there we could we, we like tried some things to get it stuck but it's like you can't these the new ones especially because this has has mud train tires on it um you know they are very much not the stock tires which is i think important to highlight that uh, the trek cars come with real tires and so it's really hard to get, it was really we weren't hard really to doing stuck. anything we, we terribly really technical it. i'll get there way. I'll get there. But it was fun. Oh, yeah. No, it was I'm really find, fun I'm to, gonna, to put it through its paces and, you know, drive around for the day. And find, we eventually found a lake. And Cooper got to go jump in the coldest bloody lake in California, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it, it it was like 25 degrees in that lake. Like, I don't even know. I, I'm not sure how it was nice. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. But she uh, literally was, the rest uh, was of us so were wearing, excited like, about like getting into the lake. winter jackets, and my kid oh, was yeah. in a bathing suit in this freezing cold Whoa. lake. Go figure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's cold <laughs> in a 70-degree room, <laughs> so I'm not sure how. So, I don't know the why. Just the, yeah. just so the anyhow, so we're finishing up this trail run. <laughs> we're headed back to the property, and we pull onto the paved road. And we I don't even think we went a half a mile before this huge rock comes off our friend's tire and just hits our windshield, like smack in the middle of the passenger side and leaves like a silver dollar sized divot in our brand new Defender. It mm. was like we were being shot at in a <laughs> Bond movie. Yeah. Like it was insane. 
Yeah, I posted that to Instagram when it happened, uh, so people can go and find that. Um, Yeah, it was it was a decent like silver dollar sized divot. It was pretty it was pretty major. Uh, But you know, it's very important to uh, to note that uh, you know new defender ownership is about complaining about things like rock chips because that's about as much as you kind of have uh, to, uh, you know, series Land Rover ownership is like, and that's when, uh, you know, both uh, rear tires fell off and uh, <laughs> we started skidding down the hill. Uh, you know, a new Defender ownership is about, and then when we came out, there was a scratch on the door handle and it's terrible. Um, you know, it's just a little different. That's why you just have to calibrate what you complain about, um, you know, uh, to the, uh, you know, to the age of the car. And so I think it's well, as fine. Long but as, you're, as long as you're complaining about something. As long as you're complaining about something, that's what Land Rover ownership is about. A series of compromises that come out as a net benefit. Series of compromises. I don't know, though. It, it, I think yeah. it makes you a stronger person. <laughs> Rising above adversity. To have to get through the rock chip. No, just just being able to suffer through other parts of your life That's without true. complaining as much because you're used to for driving Linus, a it's, truck. For Linus, it's rising above perversity. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, so then, so great, great time in Truckee. Great couple nights uh, camping there. Wonderful to see those folks. Great to take the car off road. I think again, probably in a very small group of people that uh, have a new defender and are camping within the first 12 hours and off-roading within the first 24. Um, but, uh, but that's all, that all went really, uh, really very well. Um, and one of the things that Cooper was continually asking for, we don't know why I assume it's YouTube or, or no, I think Netflix it's your, it's, I think it's your mother or put it's my this mother, idea in her a, head. It was a terrible influence on her. She mm-hmm. desperately wanted to stay in a motel for a variety of reasons. Curious. Exactly. It's not really, I mean, it's a weird thing <laughs> to differentiate, I guess, for an, a seven year old, but she really wanted to stay in a motel. So we thought, okay, no problem. We're going to get to, uh, you know, we're just going to get over the Oregon border and then we'll find sort of the first town there. We'll find a Little, this is uh, on the 4th of July. 4th of July. On the 4th of July. Oh, no. Yeah. So the little, little, <laughs> little motel, first little town on the Oregon border there coming up the back uh, way from, uh, from Reno. And uh, we find on the internet something called the Wild Goose Lodge. And uh, it's a little That's motel. That's a red looks- flag. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, it looks it's great. not the first red flag. It looks, it looks, yeah, the flag's got a lot redder than that. It, uh, it looks, uh, you know, it looks great. You know, like, oh, it's a little thing, whatever. It's fine. Um, okay. We're going to get a little bit of dinner. We're going to go to the, we're going to go to the motel and, uh, we'll have a night's sleep. We'll get a shower. I thought it was a lodge. It is, it is a, it is a, motel, a motel lodge. Yeah. It's a motor it's a lodge. Motel. It's called a lodge, uh, but it's it a, is motel. a motel. Oh, That's right. motor it's a lodge. lodge. And what town uh, is this? No, Klamath about Falls? an hour outside Something of like Klamath Falls. Uh, uh, what was it called? Merrill? Merrill? Merritt? Merrill? Merlin? Merlin? There is a town. There is a town called Merlin. Oh yes. Uh, that town. Now uh, I would normally think that uh, a border town with a motel with wild in the name is probably a no go. And you were like, "Yeah, I'm going to take my daughter there. <laughs> Let's pack up the seven year old." So, so we we get into the town, and uh, it's the Fourth of July. It's like seven. Well, o'clock first at of night. all, I made the reservation while we were en route, so it's That's the Fourth of July, and I made the reservation. I don't know, maybe about four o'clock in the afternoon from my phone. The Wild when we Goose were still has, in California. A has a Did website. Did they ask they you how many hours you needed the room for? No, no. <laughs> but they do have a picture of each individual room. Yeah. And when you go to check out, you choose which rooms you want to book. Yeah. And all really of the nice. rooms only have one bed. Which our child is too big now to sleep with us. So we knew that we were going to get two rooms. Okay, this is important. And mm-hmm. yeah. there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> Only one bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we pull into this town and we, first of all, we're, we're planning on getting dinner when we get into town. And I keep looking ahead going, there is not much there. I don't think anything is going to be open. It's the 4th of July. But we decide we're going to take our chances and we roll into town and there's maybe five restaurants. Most of them are Mexican taquerias. And as we're driving down the street. Which I really wanted. I was like, I was totally wanted wanted tacos so bad. 
in hindsight, I, maybe an Oregon taco isn't something that I really wanted, but I wanted to try it. I would have given they it a go. They looked legit. They looked really good. Anyway, so we're driving down the street. That one's closed. Yep, that one's closed. Everything is closed. Not one single thing in this town is open because it's like 7 o'clock on July. the 4th of July. Bad planning. People are, so, people are out getting, getting all hyped for fireworks. Oh, yeah, they sure so are. we do manage to pull in to the only grocery store in town 15 minutes before they're closing. And we go in, and we've noticed on the Wild Goose Lodge website that they have like a kitchen area, like a shared kitchen that anybody mm. can use with a grill. And so we decide we're going to grill a 4th of July meal for ourselves because there's nothing else to eat in this town. And uh, we're like, like throwing ingredients into the cart, paying as they're trying to lock the grocery store up for the night. And we go to the motel. And we go to check in. And I send Steven in first. And he's taking a little while. Nothing's happening. He's not coming out. So Cooper and I decide, well, let's go in and see what's going on. Yeah, meanwhile, I have uh, I have pushed a, a ring doorbell that they have set on, in a, the little, lobby, on a little In the stand, little check-in desk. In the little check-in desk. And uh, we're sitting there, yeah, for about, I don't know, about 15 minutes. 20 minutes, maybe. Cle- yeah, it was a long time. Clearly, the person is, they're not here. And then a middle-aged gentleman with a, with a mustache, balding of all gentlemen with a mustache, and uh, like, uh, you know, dad house shorts and a t-shirt shows up uh, behind the counter and says, uh, can, I, can I help you? And we say, yeah, yeah, we're, uh, we're, and it's very important that it's like he's staring at something that is a hundred yards behind you. Yeah. <laughs> like looking right through uh, your all, soul. All, all the time. And, and, and also like trying to adjust his eyes to the light can't in real focus time on you yeah, but the light focus. isn't changing it's the same but but he was baked out of his tree <laughs> he was just he so far gone the highest human being i've ever met I've in my entire met. life anyway so ever. he says southern, uh, what, southern what, oregon to be fair southern oregon northern yeah. california so, the so i look at him yeah. i look at him and I'm very chipper and i say yeah we booked a room on your website earlier t- we booked two rooms on your website earlier today rooms 5 and 6 and he looks at me for an extremely uncomfortable <laughs> amount of time, just stares at me with this blank look on his face to the point where I got so uncomfortable. I like kind of looked back at Steven. Like, um, we do. <laughs> we thought maybe he had a, had, had just had a stroke eh, possibly. And uh, like we were re-experiencing in real time. So he says, uh, that might be a problem. And we say, Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, and he's like, I I don't think anything's clean. And we said, um, okay. <laughs> and he's like, let's go take a look. Like just generally nothing in the motel is clean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wasn't sure what the statement was exactly. And so we... Maybe you didn't seem like the normal clientele for this motel. Uh, maybe not. So we walk around to the, to the rooms and he... Uh, we come around the corner. Yeah. Wait, we come around the corner. Oh, oh right. And we've got the, the Defender parked in front of the rooms that I booked, the, the, right? The bright sure. orange Trek Defender. The bright Defender. orange Trek Defender. We come around the corner. It is at this point covered in dirt and mud and dust and, and stuff. So it, it looks... Looks like it's maybe just come back from a safari. And as we come around the corner, he stops dead in his tracks and stares at it like it's a freaking spaceship. I and- think he was trying to figure out if it was really there or not. I think that's what that the process thing that was going on was a little bit of like, listen, I don't know. I, I don't uh, whatever. I, I don't make any any uh, decisions or judgments on your recreational drug use. But everybody's been at that point where they're uh, well, some people have been at that point where they're like, am I so high that that I'm never going to be not high? You know, like that. Is this it? Am I is this how I die? You know, this is like Maybe I, I thought he was being abducted. You know, he thought it was a spaceship and he was so, going to be abducted. Maybe he's he just was clenching his butthole really tightly. <laughs> he was looking forward <laughs> to it. Where he was, like, where he was ready. He's going to be probed. So when he finally processed that there was a car there, I think he said something like, it was a cool rig. And then, cool rig. <laughs> cool rig. Cool rig, bro. And then walks up to the door and opens it as if he was expecting 
like a murder inside. Like, like he opens it by like three inches and like looks. He's afraid to look into it. He won't turn on the lights. He's like just slowly like checking to see if there's any. What kind of creatures <laughs> come running out? Human or, or human or otherwise. Body on the floor. There's a human centipede know. in there, you know. And then uh, and then he looks oh, no. back at us, and we're like, eh, "Is it going to be?" And he's he just sort of he just sort of shakes his head. He looks down, not and clean. His head and pulls it close. Uh, not clean. <laughs> goes next door to the uh, call the coroner and does exactly the same thing. We go through the same thing. Is it going to be clean? Mm, it's not clean. And uh, you know, and he says, "All right, I'll get, I got to clean it. I'm going to clean and it." And we're like, "Oh, oh, okay. Uh, oh, I didn't expect that. I thought it was like uh, you got to go to the oh, Best no. Western about an hour away." Um, which, by the way, we were like basically already ready to do. Um, but he's like, "Not got to got to clean it." And at that moment something clicked inside of me that said this is content we this we need content. to we need to experience this for the good of the audience wow and it's really so, put uh, yourself and your family at risk for us. You know, really I, appreciate hey, that you know I, so did you help him well, clean it or just film him cleaning hang it hang on <laughs> so he decides he is going to clean this room for us and says is there like anything you guys can do for a little while and we're like well yeah actually we'll we'll cook dinner does that sound okay can we go use the kitchen he's like yeah yeah that'll be fine it's not clean <laughs> no actually no, no, actually yeah. thank god the kitchen was not in rough shape otherwise well, i I'm, i might have pulled the plug and been like we're driving it was clean but not anymore so so it's important to also note that when we pulled up, there was this huge Forest Service fire truck that pulled up at the same time as us mm-hmm. and parked literally in front of the lobby door that we came out of. So in coming around the corner to see the Defender, yeah. we have passed by the biggest freaking fire yeah. truck impossible you've ever to seen. Miss. Through the windows of the front lobby, impossible to miss. And he so says, now as yeah. we go back around to the lobby door with him... Well, he asked me... Do you know where the kitchen is? And I said, Oh, right, right, right. Uh, no, first time here. And he says, <laughs> Oh, okay, I can, I'll show you. And so we're walking around the corner and we, you know, we walk up to the, you know, by the pacifier truck and he says, oh, it's, a, it's a cool rig. And I'm like, uh, assume he's talking about the fire truck. And I said, Yeah, it's a, that's, that's neat. Those bush fire trucks are really cool. And he looks over and he goes, Oh, yeah. And I, 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 don't know, I, I guess he was still talking about the Defender and then nice. was like surprised by a giant fire truck that had been there the whole time. Uh, so we go like in. Like 18 and he, inches from uh, him. Yeah, yeah. It was right in front of him and he just Whoa. sort of realized, like it, it appeared out of snuck nowhere. Snuck up on him. <laughs> it really snuck up on him. And so we go out into the courtyard and he's like, okay, the barbecue's here. Mm-hmm. Here's a shed that we built that has a pool table, a workout room, some old DVDs and like part of a kitchen and also some laundry and like it is just the weirdest like multi-purpose room that uh, that that I've ever encountered but we're like okay great this will be great this will be great do you have pictures of this room we have pictures of that room oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> the multi-purpose room oh we took pictures of the multi-purpose room where you can pump iron shoot pool and like boil spaghetti all at the same time we got it um it's like the weirdest college dorm it's room it's like your apartment in college yeah, yeah, yeah it's like your apartment in college yeah exactly there's and so the bar- barbecue outside and this is part that Liza doesn't know and probably probably wouldn't have state if she did know so i open the barbecue and we go we go to get it to like oh barbecue looks good do a little uh, scrub it with the scrub brush get the get the gas turned on get it started started what did you do and no less than a thousand little silverfish things like come out of it all at the same time. It's like it gave, you know, like one of those things on the internet where there's like a ball and they, and they hit it and it turns into a thousand spiders. It was just like that. No. And so no, because it was already a difficult enough evening. My instinct was this, okay. you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to turn this up all the way and I'm just going to close this lid and we're going to come back like mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And It'll this is going to be a problem that's solved. 
and yeah. it's going to be no problem. They hate, they hate fire. It's going to be fine. Uh, in unrelated news, I happen to have a 1967 Nada uh, <laughs> Series 2 that is now available for sale if any oh. of the listeners are interested. <laughs> because of another dead owner. Um, the, uh, the, uh, too, soon. Oh. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. The, um, so the, uh, yeah, so we cleared out all the silverfish uh, and uh, Cooper I was like, what are those that. bugs doing? And I'm like, they're leaving. It's fine. Don't tell mom. And uh, we, uh, we cooked up some dinner, some delicious dinner. And, covered in bugs. Uh, covered in bugs. It was fine. The crispy, but it was really, it was good. It was very tasty. And so we set up a, like a folding table in this like bizarre room because like we didn't want to eat on the pool table. And so anyways, we're on the folding so table. So as we're cooking, this guy keeps coming back in and he comes in with like this band-aid wrapped around his finger. And he keeps coming in. This happens multiple times where he keeps coming in and saying, I got a cut on my finger and <laughs> I didn't think that you wanted blood on the sheets. So it's taking me a little bit longer, but I, I'm going to clean the room. I'm going to get it clean for you guys. And At one point and he offered, you were like, yeah, actually I, uh, I do want uh, blood. Uh, I do. He was, uh, he was like, do you, do you, like, he's like, I have sheets. Do you want to put them on? And I said, I can put sheets on the bed. I can, I can do that. Yeah, we're like, we can just do it. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry. And at, at, at one point I thought that that's what we had agreed to. And then he came back and he's like, ah, I'm going slow. Cause the finger, I had to bandage because I, you know, I, you didn't, you, I assume you don't want blood on the sheets. And we're like, is that more blood on the sheets or, or any blood? What like, anyways, I feel like there's probably already blood on those sheets. So, so you, be... you guys have this guy's contact information. You guys going to keep in touch. You send yeah, each oh, other Christmas sure. cards. Yeah. Oh, for, for sure. sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. And so the, it finally <laughs> sort of concluded with him coming in. We were almost done dinner and he said, um, okay, it's going to be about 15 20 minutes, uh, you know, we'll get, I'll get it cleaned. We'll get the beds made and then you'll be good to go. Um, and we said, okay, that's good. <laughs> he went back around the building. There was some rustling and like some hitting of metal against metal. Like maybe a rake fell over or something. And no less than 45 seconds later, he came back in and he's like, are you the people staying in four and five? And we said, <laughs> yes, yes, we are. He's like, oh, okay. Your rooms are ready. Let me know if you need anything. And then he walked back out. We never saw him again. That was it. We never saw him again. I'm not even sure he worked there. But uh, And then we went in the rooms and the beds were made and it, it appeared clean. And, you know, it was great. He's uh, going to use you as a reference for his <laughs> for next sure. job. For sure. <laughs> it was just yeah. because he, he, in that 20, 45 seconds, I don't know what happened back there, but he completely reset. And he was meeting us for the first time after we'd spent an hour together. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting interesting <laughs> it was an interesting spot what um, was his name uh i don't know burnout bob super high guy yeah i should have got his name i should have he was a nice guy and eliza and i were talking about him and how crazy this was uh, and then we realized there was like a nest camera in the crazy multifunction room i imagine for like the snm videos that they do in there on the weekends or whatever and uh, it was uh yeah it was so i mean it's probably out there that guy maybe uh maybe went home and just watched us talk about him for uh, half an hour but i'll have to say uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the experience. Uh, Your time at the Wild Goose Lodge. Yeah, despite how wild the Wild Goose Lodge <laughs> was, she is a wild I would one. ten out of ten. I would stay there again. It was hilarious. It is dinner and a show. I did. I did look it up. It is in Merrill. 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 See, yeah, I was right. Yeah. Merrill. Yeah, Merle. Merle. Uh, Linus has booked some time there, and uh, he'll be uh, he'll yes. be departing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so right next, after this, uh, yeah. So exactly right after this, he's heading out. So the next morning, we uh, we departed for uh, beautiful uh, Springfield, Oregon, uh, to see uh, Ike and uh, Linus, and to uh, pick up the Nada and get ready to go to uh, yeah. Overland Expo. And uh, we and will while you're while you're playing with Burnout Bob and and doing all that, we're furiously <laughs> wrenching and tightening <laughs> and testing. And Linus is driving your car home every night yep. to yep. to put miles on it to make sure that. You're gonna uh, make it back to Los Angeles. At least somebody uh-huh. was diligent about making sure that that car was roadworthy. Because I can That's tell right. you, it wasn't Stephen. Yeah. Not uh, diligent enough. Not <laughs> diligent <laughs> enough. Sadly. And we'll we'll find out more about that in the second half 
of the <laughs> summer breakdown as it isn't a summer breakdown episode without a massive cliffhanger. Of course, this time we're not asking, <laughs> did Ike die in that motorcycle crash? Uh, instead, we're asking uh, what, uh, what befell us on the uh, trip back, which uh, was free of any wild gooses, uh, but uh, not necessarily uh, free of uh, disaster. So uh, join us next week, dear listener, when we uh, come back to uh, the conclusion, the exciting conclusion. When we all explode. <laughs> Everybody explodes in the second uh, part of the second installment of the Summer Breakdown. Uh, so again, join us next week. Uh, thank you for your uh, time as always. Uh, Linus, Ike, Liza, uh, great chatting and uh, looking so forward to uh, wrapping the story up next week. It's going to be great. Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svardov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook. <laughs>